It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Eric Flack of WUSA 9 is back with more all-new stadium news, and we listen in and dissect to some of what Commanders head coach Ron Rivera had to say at the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis, Indiana. All of that right now on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, free and available on all platforms, and we thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We thank you for making us your first view of the day. If you are tuning in over on YouTube, this will be our second episode up on the YouTube channel, second full episode up on the YouTube channel, so please go check it out over there. If you're not already, I am David Harrison covering the commanders for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation and my co-host Chris Russell not here for the show today, but the rooster one half of the Russell and Medhurst show on the team 980 find Chris and Pete there Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern or anytime along with this show on the Odyssey app. When we're not here or there, we're on Twitter at dharrison82 at Russellmania621 and at LO Commanders. Once again, we thank you for making us your first listen or view every single day. Now let's get right to my interview with Eric Flack of WUSA 9 with some very important news. Murrow and Emmy winning chief investigative reporter at WUSA 9. Eric Flack joining us again here uh, today. Last time, Eric, you brought us some breaking news about three potential stadium locations in Virginia. First of all, Eric, I hope you've been well, and I'm sure that you've been a very busy person. And I know all Commanders fans are curious and wanting me to stop stalling because they want to know what you brought for us here today. Hey, David, good to uh, be back with you. I got a question for you. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like going back to FedEx Field? I do not. Well, I got to tell you, there is a plan to take us back to FedEx Field. I'm calling it FedEx 2.0. But listen, this is part of a, uh, as we uncovered, a a well-thought-out, I guess, uh, plan by Prince George's County in Maryland to keep the Washington Commanders in Prince George's County and in Maryland. So let me get right to the details. The concept would not be, and I said would not be, to just give the current FedEx field a facelift. The concept is to build a brand new stadium, but put it closer to Morgan Boulevard Metro Station. I got another question for you, David. Do you know what Morgan Boulevard Metro Station is? I honestly do not know. I'm oh, not, not as familiar with that area as I should be. If you are one of the tens of people who has ever tried to take Metro to a uh, Washington football team commander's game, you will know that the closest Metro station is Morgan Boulevard Metro Station. It is, unfortunately, about a full mile from the front door of mm-hmm. FedEx Field. And you make that walk down that Garrett Morgan Boulevard, that very narrow, narrow sidewalk along a very busy, busy street 
not a pleasant walk at all. And one of the reasons that FedEx, one of many reasons, FedEx Field is so maligned is its lack of access to public transportation. So now, right. Prince George's County on the, on the down low has been working with Maryland and the Washington Commanders to develop a potential stadium site in Prince George's County. Here are the two kind of interesting parts about it. One, it would be very close to the old FedEx field, right in the same general area, adjacent to the same property uh, line that, that FedEx field is on right now. Here's the good news. The concept is to put the stadium within a reasonable walking distance of that Morgan Boulevard metro station. And that really is sort of a game changer when you're talking about it's a blue line metro, it goes to Virginia, you can use other metro lines to get to the blue line. We would actually have public transportation, legit public transportation, to a Washington Commanders game. And once again, this stadium would be part of that larger Washington Commanders com complex concept that uh, the, the team is exploring at three different sites in Northern Virginia, the ones that we uncovered last week, Sterling, Dumfries, and of course, Woodbridge. The thing that the commanders are really, I think, proud about this potential site is that it fits into a larger economic development plan for Prince George's County. It's called the Blue Line Corridor Redevelopment Plan. And regardless of a stadium, Prince George's County out there, County Executive uh, Angela Also Brooks, has been working really hard to redevelop and reimagine economically that blue line corridor that kind of goes right through the heart of the county. Mm -hmm. it, it has a stop there at Morgan Boulevard. It goes all the way to Largo Town Center. Now, this is not an area that we necessarily have all been really, really excited about, except the people in Prince George's County. The concept, though, is to change that. And they want to start attracting businesses, nightlife, entertainment, retail out to that area, not just for the people of Prince George's County, but really to make it a regional destination. The Washington commanders and President Jason Wright have consistently said that they want this new stadium complex to fit into a larger vision in whatever community they, they end up choosing. They want to be part of something bigger and help that something bigger succeed. So we still don't know if this is going to be the site. This is certainly Maryland's foray and, and their entry into this contest. But it is very clear, based on the past comments of Washington President, uh, Commander's President Jason Wright, that, that this would fit that mold, being part of that larger economic development concept for a community. And, and that certainly brings goodwill and right in and obviously positive PR if you're helping to rebuild part of a community or Im improve any part of an economic situation, that PR is going to help anybody. And obviously the Washington commanders could use all the PR they could get right now. Uh, but Eric, I mean, part of the whole, the Virginia push to get the team to move into that state eventually is also uh, freeing up some money, right? Getting some money to kind of throw at the bank as well as Maryland making moves in that avenue. Yeah, they, they are making some moves. I, I don't know that they are as bold as what Virginia is offering. Right now, Virginia is putting together a package in the legislature to finance a billion dollars in bonds. That's a billion with a B to help owner Dan Snyder pay for a new stadium in Northern Virginia. Those bonds would be paid back by future tax revenue that uh, pre presumably 
comes in from that stadium and then the state repays their $1 billion basically loan to Dan Snyder um, uh, to build a stadium there. Maryland's got a different concept. Governor Larry Hogan is actually ha- has a plan already in the works um, to, to finance $1.2 billion in Maryland for renovations and a rehab of two very successful sport complexes, uh, mm-hmm. Oriole Park at Camden Yards mm-hmm. and M&T Bank Stadium, home to the Ravens. Right. So, so Hogan was already working on this bigger plan to, to kind of take these jewels and, and shine them up a little bit. What they are working on now is possibly expanding that plan that they have in Maryland to include a new Washington Commanders Stadium in Prince George's County. Prince George's County itself has a little bit of money, relatively speaking, $16 million that they have set aside for an amphitheater that's part of this Blue Line Corridor redevelopment that Prince George's County says they are going to do with or without a stadium. You may recall that the plans in Northern Virginia for that Washington Commanders mini city complex is not just a stadium, it's hotel, it's retail, and there is in fact plans for an amphitheater. So again, Mm -hmm. that makes sense over on the Prince George's County side. When you're talking about total dollar figures, how much Maryland is going to pony up compared to what Virginia has already gone on the record and say they will pony up, I think that part is a little bit more unclear at this point. Okay, and, and just to be completely clear, like by packaging a new Washington Commander Stadium in with their current plans for Oriole Park and MT Bank, we're not possibly looking at some sort of Ravens Washington Commanders shared home field situation, are we? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. These are different projects, and and what Maryland is saying, and what Prince George's County is saying, is that we are into sports. We are into nice stadiums. We are into investing into nice stadiums as economic drivers for our community. Baltimore's deal is Baltimore's deal. The Ravens deal is the Ravens deal. The the Orioles Park at Camden Yards, that's a separate deal. This would be uh, set apart from that. But the concept is rolled into the same overall money grab, if you would, in Maryland as, as Governor Hogan tries to figure out a way to compete with the Virginias of the world to make sure the commanders stay there. Because one thing I did learn is that there is growing concern uh, from local state delegates there in Prince George's County about what would happen to homeowners if, in fact, FedEx Field eventually becomes obsolete in 2027 and there's nothing to replace it. It never took off economically like people hoped back in the day. And, and then you take what little FedEx field offers that area right now, um, and, and the neighbors left behind would certainly be, be in a financial bond. Absolutely. And I think that's where these other businesses kind of come into the fold as well, and, and the complex or the mini commander city as we talk about it now. We know Virginia has this massive view of you know hotels and nightlife and all those things. Is, is Maryland going to match that type of commander city uh, mantra, or is it going to be smaller? And if it's, if it's smaller... Is it significant enough that that could actually potentially sway a decision? So that's a great question. The difference between what we uncovered in Virginia and Maryland, and and quite honestly, I think the difference between where Virginia is and where Prince George's County and Maryland is, Mm -hmm. is that in Virginia, 
they got the plans. They got the blueprints. They have names of national companies, which I've been asked not to repeat here, where they even believe that they're going to eventually attract them into this Washington Commander's Midi City. I mean, big retail names um, for, for, for those locations in Northern Virginia. I do get the sense that in Prince George's County, we're still a little bit more in the conceptual phase. They have a spot. It, it, it would be, if, you, if you've been out there, and, and some of your listeners have, if you've ever come in on Central Avenue to take a left or a right uh, onto Garrett Morgan Boulevard to get down um, to, to, to the stadium, the, 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 the new stadium would kind of be south or above that Morgan Boulevard metro station, which again, if you look at a map, would, would, it could only kind of be across Central Boulevard. Beyond that, there aren't a lot of specifics, but Prince George's County would tell you, look, we're already planning the development. That's what the Blue Line Corridor Redevelopment Project is. We already want to build this entire area up. We want it to be hopping from Morgan Boulevard all the way up to Largo Town Center. This is going to be our own mini nightlife area. Um, Mm -hmm. So... You know, I think that the idea is more of a concept in Maryland and Prince George's County, but they would probably argue that they are already down the road in the concept of how to build out that retail piece of, of that complex that, that is already so well developed in those Northern Virginia locations. Right. And then, I mean, I almost wonder, honestly, Eric, I wonder if maybe Virginia threw all their cards on the table a little too fast, stood up, backed away from the table. And then the folks there in Maryland weren't weren't done constructing their hand. Um, do you, do you feel like maybe Virginia's got a, an ace up their sleeve in case Maryland uh, decides to up their up the ante a little bit, or do you think we've kind of seen the best of what Virginia has to offer? Here's a story I can share with you, David. At one point, I talked to somebody from Prince George's County, uh, and this was a couple of weeks ago, asking them what their plan is because Virginia had this huge, huge plan, and they were talking about it. They were putting their cards on the table. Somebody said, you know, Eric, just because we don't get in front of microphones and and television cameras and talk about our plan doesn't mean that we don't have a plan. And I think what we we found out and uncovered in this recent report is that they actually have been working on a plan for some time. Does Virginia have a card up its sleeve? You can never say never. I got to tell you, from everything we learned last week, and again, I I saw the plans. I wasn't allowed to show the plans. Mm. They're pretty detailed plans. Uh, You know, you could always change from here and there. But, you know, the bond package is is nearing passage on both sides uh, of of the House and, and Senate in Richmond. They're at the Virginia legislature. They're pretty far down the field as far as trying to change anything up to sweeten the deal. And again, I'm not even sure that it's, it's it already seems pretty sweet compared to what Maryland is trying to offer. Yeah, Ultimately, sure. this really may come down to an issue of, you know, if money is there on both sides, is that economic partnership that the Washington commanders could build with Prince George's County? And as you mentioned at the top, the public relations win that would mm-hmm. come with that, does that end up tipping the scales towards staying right there in Landover, Maryland. 
Yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's March, so it seems like we've got a stadium tournament going on, a little bit of March Madness right. here, Washington Commanders style. And I think our Cinderella just entered uh, the scene. We'll have to see how far uh, they can take it. Eric? Well, apparently, uh, Washington, D.C. did not make the tournament. because I was, I was actually just going to ask, is is D.C. is D.C. putting in a bid? Is, is Has a clock struck midnight? Are they getting in the tournament, or, or what's going on there? You know, there's a lot of words coming out of D.C., uh, and, and, not a lot of, and not a lot of detail. Now, right. I thought there wasn't a lot of detail coming out of Maryland, and then we found out some details. We are going to continue to press and push and see if there's more to this DC concept than just words and and nice, you know, generic sound bites. Um, But but again, there are many complicating factors with that RFK site. The federal uh, involvement, the fact that the land is federally owned, a lot of hoops to jump through. And then you've got a city council and a mayor who is already saying, we're not going to write a huge check. And you're surrounded on either side by people who are throwing down their credit card (laughs) trying to pick up the check. Absolutely. So you you can you can assess their uh, March Madness chances uh, however you want from that. Absolutely. And, and you're going to be on the case, obviously. And I'm sure we're going to have even more conversations about that. Commanders fans, Eric Flack, WSA 9 investigative reporter. Follow him on Twitter if you don't already at Eric Flack TV. Eric, appreciate you stopping by Locked On Commanders podcast. I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Thanks, David. So just as we expected, Maryland entering the conversation for a potential host as a for a new stadium for the Washington Commanders. And who knows, this may this thing may get so heated, we may end up with some prop bets over at Bet Online, And if you want those prop bets, you can go to betonline.net because they are your top spot for your latest odds, totals, player performance props, and where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs, and they remain your best spot for your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And they don't just have basketball, which is in full season. At BetOnline.net, you've got basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, and so much more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action, bet online where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks again, Washington Commanders fans, for making us your first listen of the day. David Harrison coming here at Locked On Commanders Podcast. Coming solo on this episode on Twitter at DHarrison82. The show at LO Commanders. And you can find Chris at Russellmania. Six, two, one. It's NFL scouting combine week and all of the minds and and powers that be in the NFL are in Indianapolis, Indiana to interview, test and study some of these NFL draft prospects. But they're also out there wheeling and dealing. And part of the week's festivities, usually, unless you're the New Orleans Saints, who's head coach, for whatever reason, never talks to the media at the scouting combine, uh, is talking with the media and head coach of your commanders, Ron Rivera, did just that. So here we're going to listen to some of what Ron Rivera had to say, beginning with what makes the scouting combine so important and why this is where NFL scouting reports and decisions start to skew the most away from what the media and the fans 
tend to think. Because the thing about it too is you get to see the whole body language. You know, you ask a specific question, you put a specific thing up on the board, you know, and they get a chance to look at it and digest it. And, you, you know, you just watch them and study them. I mean, it's so much better that, you know, than when all you see is just that little square. I mean, you're seeing the whole reaction, everything from the face to the body, to the way they sit in their chair, the way they straighten up, you know, and, and, and if the questions get hard, you can see their reaction, you know, and, and that's really the thing that I think we missed last year, um, you know, about a lot of these guys. So now this is a chance, I think, to get the true reaction, which has been good. All right, so that was Ron Rivera on why the combine or why where the combine separates NFL scouting from what I call media evaluation. We all like to kind of consider ourselves little mini scouts, right? But I don't consider myself any type of scout, media scout, amateur scout, nothing, because scouts have a very difficult job and it requires a lot of time on the road, a lot of studying uh, that we simply just don't do on this side of things. So I call it a media media evaluation, right? And up to right now, we've all kind of had access to the same information uh, within 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 reason. I mean, how, we don't have access to all the head coaches either. We don't have access to all the college teammates and all that stuff. But we have ways of of getting information the NFL teams have. We can see the same games uh, that the NFL teams can see, and we can see the Senior Bowl, we can see the Shrine Bowl, the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl, all of these things, right? But when they come to the scouting combine, these these players have informal and they have formal meetings with the NFL head coaches and the general managers making these decisions. And that is really where they start to get information that we're just not going to get. And that's what Coach Rivera was kind of touching on there, the leadership aspect, the, the mental acuity, the agility, how they carry themselves, the body language and the conversation in a high pressure situation. That's not all that went down at the NFL scouting combine so far this week. We're going to get into a little bit more of what Ron Rivera had to say, and we're going to get into all that right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Last segment here at the Locked On Commanders Podcast. David Harrison going solo on this episode on Twitter at DHarrison82. My co-host Chris Russell. You can find him on Twitter as well at Russellmania621. Find the show at LO Commanders. Find Chris on the Team 980 Monday through Friday, 3, 7 p.m. Eastern Time or anytime on the Odyssey app and find my work covering your Washington Commanders for SI.com's Fan Nation. Some other interesting things coming out of the Ron Rivera presser. Ron Rivera also talked about this year's quarterback class. And you know we got to talk about quarterbacks. We've spent a, a lot of time already on the quarterback class um, and had an opportunity to watch them. You know, there, there's, there's several quality guys, several standouts, guys that, you know, we're going to spend even more time. Um, yesterday was our first opportunity. We got a chance to interview a number of them. We'll continue the interview process. We'll, we'll start looking to, to figure out which guys are we going to do privates with, which ones we're going to bring in, which ones we're going to attend. Um, it is a, it's a different type of group because you've got everything from pure passers, you know, um, to, to, to guys that have pure athleticism. And so you've got to really look at that. You've got to look at how it's going to fit the type of players you have, you know, 
Um, ideally, you can find a guy that can can do both. Hey, then you're very fortunate. But again, you know, we're picking at number 11, and and I promise you, these are all things that we're looking at. All right, Ron Rivera talking about the quarterback class, and look, solid talent in the class. I think that's I think that's you know that you can say that about this class. Uh, I think the the funny thing about this quarterback class is you've got about like five or six uh, quarterbacks. I think kind of depending on who you are and the evaluation you put on them, put on them, and all that that you could reasonably consider will probably start in the NFL at some time. I mean, just off the top of your head, like Malik Willis uh, is a guy that you can kind of foresee doing that. Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell, Matt Corral. Uh, you've got you got Carson Strong out there. Bailey Zappi, maybe. You know, it has, he's got some fans as well. Um, you've got a nice crop of quarterbacks that are potentially going to be starters. The real question in this class is, are there any quarterbacks that are going to be your next franchise leader, your Aaron Rodgers of the world? Of course, Tom Brady's name is always going to come out there, but Patrick Mahomes, those types of guys, is there one of those quarterbacks? And I think by and large, you can find a few supporters for every single guy, but by and large, the general consensus in this group is there's just not anybody that's just that incredible. And I think Kenny Pickett probably still sits as the most pro ready quarterback in this NFL draft class. While Malik Willis seems to have the highest upside. If you can tap into all the athleticism, the arm strength, the arm talent and the acuity, and you really develop into a full NFL quarterback, you really have something special potentially with Malik Willis, but how long is it going to take one year, two years? How much time do you have? If you're talking about a general manager, head coach, bringing him onto your roster, you may not have three seasons to let Malik Willis really kind of grow into his NFL shoes. You may only have one. I mean, you may end up in a situation, you look at a team like the Atlanta Falcons at number eight, could they afford to spend a draft pick on a future quarterback while Matt Ryan is still sitting there? You kind of hate to see teams do that because it's kind of saying to the current squad, like, Hey, you're not as important as our future squad, but if you have Malik Willis and you have Matt Ryan, you could kind of see a team like that do that. But what if Matt Ryan gets hurt in week four or week five or week one, the first quarter of the season? Can you afford to roll Malik Willis out there? Those are kind of questions that these NFL teams are going to have to ask themselves as they look towards who to potentially pick. And then you look at the shift in the game. Mobile quarterbacks are becoming more and more of a trend and offenses and defenses are starting to shape themselves more and more for that. And it's almost starting to get to the point where if you don't have one of those mobile quarterbacks, you might start getting left behind in the NFL game. And speaking of quarterbacks, always important to have a franchise quarterback. Everybody's looking for their next franchise leader for the next 10, 15 years. Ron Rivera talked about their search as well at the NFL Scouting Combine. It's very challenging. You know, I was very fortunate in Carolina. We found our franchise quarterback right away. You know, we, we drafted him. He was a big part of what we did, got us to a Super Bowl. You know, had a terrific career and unfortunately got a little derailed with the injuries that, you know, his last two years with us. But, you know, when you get that guy, it's, it's, it makes things a lot easier. Not having that guy has really put the onus on us. You know, last year, some things happened. You know, we were trying to get into that and um, we, we lost out to the Rams. Now this year, we, you know, being very proactive, looking, searching, doing things we are, you know, trying to, trying to truly cover every base, you know, and, and, and I've said this. You know, there's really three avenues to finding that guy, or actually there's four. You know, whether you got it on your roster, whether you can make a trade for it, whether you're out there in free agency, or now the draft. I mean, we're looking at all four of those things, and we really are. And trying to decipher and figure out, um, it's, it's, it's a long process. It really is. And then you're still not guaranteed anything. You know, that's the truth of the matter. I mean, for everything that's going on right now with all the – you know, quarterbacks could potentially be traded and listening and following what's going on. I mean, every time you hear something, you're checking into it. 
And so we've got to do our work. We've got to do our due diligence. All right, I think the uh, the importance of having a franchise quarterback obviously can never be understated. Uh, but you hear Ron Rivera, you know, kind of talk about how they lost out on Matt Stafford last year and how they're kind of learning from that. And then again, I mean, I remember, you know, not this time last year, but, you know, before the season started last year, Los Angeles Rams are kind of the laughing stock of the NFL in the sense everybody said, well, it's great that you've got some good players and get some names, some good names today, but you have no future. Well, they've now a Super Bowl ring now, and their future looks pretty bright from a certain standpoint. So a lot of people in Coach Rivera saying there too, nobody cares about those traded picks, and nobody cares about the fact they traded Jared Goff, a younger uh, quarterback to the Detroit Lions. So that kind of serves as a lesson a little bit, and you have to kind of wonder inside the Washington Brain Trust, like, was there a deal that the Lions were willing to take? I mean, they didn't have a Jared Goff, you know, Taylor Heineke not – obviously an established proven quarterback at that time. And Jared Goff, as, as much as he's not a great quarterback, he at least has some starts, some playoff experience, a Super Bowl uh, under his belt, not a win, but he did play in Super Bowl. So that kind of helps his stock just a little bit, at least from a trade standpoint. Did the Detroit Lions even have kind of an offer on the table that Washington could have accepted they chose not to? And I mean, look, just because Matt Stafford won a Super Bowl with the Rams doesn't mean he wins one if he comes to Washington. So again, when you, when you hear... Ron Rivera talk about things like value and how much a player is valued by one squad or another. It really does differ, differentiate between the squad, the staff, and the situation. I think Matthew Stafford very happy with the deal that the Detroit Lions took, and now the Washington Commanders looking to find a similar type quarterback for them, whether it comes in the free agency pool, the NFL draft, or via trade, or an in-house guy, which I don't think it is. But you never know. So that's the latest news coming out of the NFC from the NFL Scouting Combine. Guys, plenty more to come. Chris and I will be back tomorrow, and we're going to break down some of the comments made by General Manager Martin Mayhew. Some very interesting things, including some contract renegotiations happening. So thank you for now for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen of the day. Now make your second listen, the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback. Eric Crocker, bring the NFL draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front office. It, like the Washington Commanders podcast, is available wherever you get podcasts. We will be back tomorrow. In the meantime, if you got questions or something you want to discuss, send them in to Locked on Washington Commanders at gmail.com or call in and be a part of the show by dialing 301-615-3577. For Chris Russell of the Russell and Methurst Show on the Team 980 with Pete Methurst, I'm David Harrison, writer for SI.com's Fan Nation. If you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another, and thank you for joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders Podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.